Thank you, Judy. <laughs> Always good to bring your own cheerleading crowd. Well, thank you for having us here. It's been, uh, Judy and I, uh, this is like the third time we've come, but we came in the fall and it was great to be able to be up here uh, with Lee and Karen. Actually, they said hi as we were, we were actually talking with them a little bit on our uh, ride up here. Uh, but they did send their greetings and their love and we want to bring our uh, greetings and hello from the metro uh, region uh, down in the, in the Boston area. Uh, we are trying, uh, actually I was sharing with some of you guys, we, we have a prayer list, a short little prayer list that we're doing uh, as a whole church and part of that, uh, one of the items on our prayer list is to build our relationship with the Burlington Church. Uh, we want so much to be able to kind of build that bond and uh, it'll be great to kind of come up with new ideas. It's uh, it's great that Junie and I love coming up and spending time with everybody, but there's got we got to come up with even new, better ways to get more ties uh, between the two churches because I think it'll be it'll help us uh, as we think because now I can go back home and when I pray about the Berlin Church, I can put faces to names, and, and that's always a, a great thing to be able to do. Uh, but we are going to be able to uh, look at the Word, and I, I feel very uh, honored to be able to do that. Uh, Anytime I do get a chance to speak, it always is a, is a great honor and blessing. And, and uh, I'm going to uh, be looking at Deuteronomy 30 and uh, looking at some things there. I, I, it's nice to be able to come up and speak sometimes cause, and to speak to somebody that don't, don't know you that well because I can use all my old stories. Uh, and uh, hopefully the only, the only drawback is, is when you do come more than once, sometimes you have to think, did I ever tell that story before? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think when I think of the book of Deuteronomy, I, I fell in love with that book. At one time I was uh, just thinking about what I wanted to read and what I wanted to study out. And uh, I started thinking about David and God's uh, proclamation to David and, and, and his encouragement to David, to us, about David when he said that David was a man after his own heart. And I said, you know what, if that's God's view of David, being like David would probably be a good thing. And so, so what did David do, and what did David have that taught him about God? And so the only thing he had was the law. That was what David, and what he wrote, and he, all the things that he wrote that we love now as we hear about David's heart for God. And uh, as I read it, it seemed to me like it was so much of a book about laws and do's and let's, let's follow these. And it is, there are a lot of things in there that God says, this is the way I want things done. But as I read through it and said, I said, boy, there's so much heart the heart of God, the heart that He has for His people, what He really desires and wants for them. And as He closes it out, uh, as it's closing near the end of Deuteronomy in chapter 30, Moses writes and kind of uh, tells the, uh, the Israelites a few important things that he wants them to remember as he closes out his book to them. And he says in verse 11, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is up in, it's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven and get it and bring it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, 
to walk in His ways, to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to, to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare you to this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Father, as we read uh, your scriptures, I pray that you'll open our hearts and our minds to what they have to say. And as we look at them and talk about them and think about them right now and look at some things that you've put on my heart, I pray that, one, I'll be able to communicate them very well, but Father, more so, that we'll be able to hear you. We'll hear your voice. We'll hear your plea. We'll hear your call to us as you want us to know you and to live a life that says we love our God. Father, just be with us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, that, that I, I titled this, uh, this lesson, Choose Life. And, uh, and I love it. I, I think that's a great thing. As I was studying this out, and, and so I looked at, just Google, or not Google, I, I went on a blue letter Bible, and I said, I looked up the word Choose. And there's 70 times in the Old Testament, or in the Bible, 70 times where the word choose is used. And and 60 times in the Old Testament. Of those 60 times, 24 times are in Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is all about God calling us to make choices. And calling His people to make choices. Most of those, though, are His choice for us. He chooses. He says, this is where I'm going to make my name, my place for my dwelling. This is the place of my, I'm going to choose the place for my name. That's what he uses. Three times only, he uses it where it's our choice in Deuteronomy. The first time is he uses it when he's saying, go and choose some men to go into the, to the uh, promised land and check it out. And the other one was uh, where he's, he's talking about uh, when aliens come to live among you, he says, let them choose wherever they want to live. And the third time is right here, where he says, you choose life. Please. And I think that that's important for us to understand. God wants us to have that choice. He's done, he's done a lot for us. He's made a lot of decisions that call us and, and help us to understand him and understand what he's done. But ultimately, the choice is ours. Yeah. And he starts out here in, here, in this uh, passage, in verse 11, by saying, it is not too difficult for you to, or beyond your reach. Now, I think sometimes when we think of serving God and serving, being a Christian and living a life in a way that's so different from what the world around us has to give, it seems difficult. And truthfully, it is. It's not easy when everybody around you is doing things a different way. When the choices you make, you say, geez. If I made a different choice in my life, I could be in a lot different place right now. I could be doing things a lot. I, I, sometimes you can think, I, I could have a lot better life. Or it would seem better. 
At least looking at it from where I am now, it looks that way. But when I look at it, I don't think I'd want to change a thing. I've been a Judeo-Arab and Christian for 30 years, and I don't think I'd want to. I wouldn't want to change a thing. There's some mistakes I've made, but prayerfully God's used them to teach me different things, and He's made good come from the things that, that the mistakes I made. God's made good come from. But it does seem difficult at times. But God says it's not. He says it's not too difficult for you. He doesn't say there's not going to be difficulties. He doesn't say it's not difficult. What He says is it's not too difficult for you. Or beyond your reach to have this relationship with Him and to have this time with Him. Because He says that the Word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. You know, I think so often that the thing that for me that starts is how much am I into God's Word? How much am I relying on God and His teachings and what He's trying to teach me and the direction He gives me? How much am I really looking to it to find the, the, the less difficult path? Huh. Or am I just kind of stumbling around and doing what I want to do and then somehow I have to find the difficult path back to God? But God says if you hold your word close to your, your heart that you will not have it as bad. You know, in, in Jeremiah... God says, He makes a promise in, in Jeremiah 31 that's very similar to this and, and says, because He says the Word is, is in your, in your uh, mouth and it's in your heart. In Jeremiah 31, 33, He says it this way. He says, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after the time, declares the Lord. I will put My law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. You know, God says that He's given it. He's putting it in His heart. And you know it. I know, I, I, even before I read the Bible, there were, I knew what right and wrong was. <laughs> it was very easy for me to say, you know what, this probably isn't the best thing to do. But I'm going to do it anyway. I made a lot of bad choices. You know, but, but the Word was always there with me. And, I, and I, for me, I don't know about for you and, and where you're at and, and what you believe about God's Bible, but I can remember uh, when the decision for me about God's Word came. I was, I was in high school. And I, was, uh, I went to a, a, a religious school. So we had religion. So it was a regular class every, every day. And we were having a class and we were talking about the plagues and Moses and the plagues in Egypt, and the teacher, who was a man that I respected, both as a man of, of the cloth and who I respected as a man, he was a, gr- a good teacher, I liked him a lot, he started to talk about how the plagues were just a coincidence that coincided with God trying to get the Israelites out of, out of Egypt. And I, you know, I, I, I hadn't read the Bible much, but I had enough sense to say, well... If this is what the Bible says, and you're telling me that it's not really what God did, and I can't rely on that to be true, then what am I basing my faith on? If I have a faith, what am I basing it on? And I decided at that time, I said, you know what? Either the Bible is true, or God is not true. Because i got to have something solid to base my faith on. Now, unfortunately... 
I didn't do anything with that for a long time. <laughs> right. I, uh, I, I just went my own way. I was a senior in high school, and I went on to do a lot of, you know, live life as a young single man until I met Judy, and then we lived our life as a young single couple without God. But I never lost that, that, and the idea that if I would go back to church, because we didn't do any, I didn't do anything for church during those years. If, but if I said, if I was going to go back to church, it needs to be something that goes, place that goes by the Bible. So I would love, I would, I would love to look at the Bible with anybody. If someone wanted to sit down and look at scriptures, I loved it. I, it was fun for me to do that. Again, I did, for a long time, I didn't want to do anything with it. But, it was what I decided that this is what God is about in the Bible. And it's because, you know what? God says that He's put it in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. And He's put it in our minds. It's there. His Word, His desire, our, right. our need for Him is in our hearts. And it never goes away. Yeah. Amen, Ken. James, James 1 says it very, very good. Because, I mean, it took for me a long time to realize what God was trying to teach me through His Word. And in James 1... In verse 21, it says this. James writes, he says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. That's what it took for me. It took for me to get humble and to say, I I have to accept this. If it's God's Word, I have to accept it. And there came a point in my time in my life when that was true. You know, but when you think about the New Testament, and this is God talking to His, His people Israel. For us, obviously the, the law is there, and it's good. I, I, I love reading the book of Deuteronomy because it helps me to understand God. But we are under a different law and a different covenant with God right now. And what He says, and when we think about the idea of the Word... John 1 says it best. And it helps us to understand what the, what the Word is for us. And in verse 1 in John 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. And then in verse 14 it goes on to say, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You know, the Bible, the New Testament tells us that God's Word is living in Jesus. And Jesus is the one that I want to have planted in my heart and my life right now. I want to walk and talk and be and see Him everywhere I go. I want to see Him in the people around me. I want to see Him in my wife. I want to see Him in my kids. I want to see Him in the mirror when I look in the mirror and know that God is with me and Jesus is with me. That's what the Word, that's the promise that God says here. It's not so difficult because Jesus has shown us the way. Jesus can be there for us. He is the living Word for us. Let's go back to Deuteronomy and look at... Verses 15 and 16. The next thing he says here, one of the next things he says, he says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live 
and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. You know, Moses says here that he has, God is setting before us life and prosperity, death and destruction. God's giving us the choice, but it's a small choice. I, when I first read this, and I think I, when, I, when I think of choices, I, I like a lot of choices. I think the reason I, and we don't go there very often, but one of the things about uh, Cheesecake Factory is that they have so many choices. So many. It's, so, it's, it's very hard sometimes to find what you want to eat when you have a choice of so many things. But God gives us two choices. He says you can have life and prosperity, or you can have death and destruction. It's not that complicated. It's not that... I mean, if, if you look at it that simply, the choice is not hard to make. You know, in the, in the, when you look at those words, it says life and prosperity and death and destruction. Literally, that should be more, a more literal translation would be, I lay before you life and good, death and evil. That's a little bit more ringing. I want to be good. I want to be thought of as good. And I want to choose good in my life. And I think that's what God's setting before us. He's saying, make a choice. This is what I'm saying. This is, these are your choices. It's like you can either have a burger or a cheeseburger. <laughs> Those are the choices. It's not that hard. Or you can have good meat and spoiled meat. That's the choices. What are you going to choose? You know, I think that when we think of it that way, choosing God is not hard. It's, it's not hard to choose Him. The walk with Him is not the easy part. And that's what God... But God is still there with us. And He gives us those choices. You know, uh, I, I think when it, when, for me it was always hard. And, and I, like I said, I, I did not make a choice for a long time about what I wanted to do. But Judy and I, before, before we had kids, and I used to, I, I was always, Judy said it even last night, I was always kind of looking. I, I, that spark from high school kind of said something in me. I knew God was there, and I knew at some point in life I was going to have to make a choice about what I was going to do. And I can remember one time, uh, this was before we were uh, Christians, we were living in, in an apartment complex, and we were having a party with our neighbors across the street. It was, it, was a, it was a New Year's Eve. And so you can imagine, you know, we were not Christians, what this party was like. And, uh, it was, and I had been looking for the Bible. I would read the Bible. I, would, I was getting together with certain religious groups. And I would sit with people who would study the Bible with me and the open scriptures with me. And my, my neighbor, Craig, had seen me doing this. So it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And we're standing in, in my uh, dining area and talking. And he says, Ken... He says, what are you doing with all this studying the Bible stuff? He says, what are you, going to, what are you, what are you trying to do and what are you trying to accomplish? What, what's, what's the reason and what's different about this? And I can remember, this is a, a changing point for me or something that really helped me to understand God a little bit because he he's been merciful to me in so many ways. I said, you know, Craig, he says, I know that I can't live like this if I'm going to follow God. It's clear to me that the way I live my life right now is not the way God wants me to live. I'm just not ready to change. 
And God was gracious to me. And He was merciful. And He kept working on my heart. And He kept working in my life. He never gives up on us. And that was probably three years before, uh, before Jake was born. And, and we, I met somebody two weeks after Jake was born. Uh, which is a whole other story. Maybe I can share next time. <laughs> but I think that that's so true. But you know what? When God says He's going to set it before us, and He gives us the choice... You know, I think so hard. Sometimes it's so hard because we feel like we have to work and earn this and do something. Even my my comment there, I have. Yeah, I did have to change, but that wasn't. The, that's not what God wanted. He wanted my heart. He wanted me to accept His His being, and and He says it good in Ephesians two. In verse eight, it says, "For it is by grace that you have been saved." Through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, I had to remember that even though God laid before me life and good, death and evil, it was His grace that was going to save me. That's what Jesus was all about when He came was about showing me God's grace and showing me that it's not about anything I can do. Now, you know, obviously this, this was a, a tough, you know, for the Israelites, they felt like they had to be perfect. And it was, for them, it was impossible. Even Paul, who said, you know, in, in, uh, in Ephesians, I'm sorry, in the Philippians 3, he said, when he tells about, you know, confident, talks about confidence in the flesh, he says, as for me and legalistic righteousness... False. So according to this, he was able to fulfill this in his mind. Anyway, he said, as far as the legalistic righteousness, false. But then you know that as he talked about his heart and where it was and how he felt about people, that he realized he was the worst of sinners. Because God wants something much more than a faultless legalistic relationship with us. You know, then he goes on to say in verse 19, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I can set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, choose life, that you may love God and love your Lord, listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life, and He will give you many years in the land He swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses closes out here by saying again, he says, I'm laying it before you. I'm giving you the choice. And his plea, and God's plea to us is, choose life. Why would you want anything but? Choose life so that you can be with me. and, and, And so much of, if we go back to John, you know, you think about how God wanted us to see what life was about. Jesus came to show us life and life to the full. He came to let us know that we can, through Him and through the New Covenant, we have a different way into a relationship with God. That choosing life is a matter of choosing God's grace and His mercy. And He says in in John 14, in verses 6 and 7, Jesus says, Jesus answered, He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Me. If you really knew Me, you would know My Father as well. And from now on you do know Him and have seen Him. Jesus is our life. The life. 
When we think about what we're doing with our, our lives, it's just, am I grabbing onto Jesus? Amen. Have I chosen Jesus and His sacrifice? You know, as we broke bread together today, we, we remembered what Jesus did. But are we grabbing hold of it? Yeah. Are we saying, this is my life. Jesus is my life. I don't, there's nothing more important than having Jesus be a part and being my life. He go in, in John 11, he says it again. Jesus said this many times at Lazarus's death. He goes and he goes to Bethany to see Lazarus and see his sisters. And, and um, Martha comes out to him and she says, you know, I, I know that you could have helped him and you could have saved him. And I know he'll rise again. And Jesus says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I want to believe it. <laughs> I want to hold on to it. I do believe that. God, with Jesus, I never have to worry about death. I am not welcoming it. I'm not looking forward to it coming soon. But it's a lot sooner for me. It seems more sooner. You know, when I was 20, death did not seem like, oh yeah, tomorrow it could be. Well, when you get in your 60s, tomorrow could be. <laughs> you know, anything can happen. You know, anything can happen. We have a guy, guy in, our, in our fellowship, he's in his 50s, I think he's Judy's age. He's had two heart attacks already. And, uh, and he's got other health issues as well. Life can be snatched. And it, it becomes more real as you get older. When you're younger, it, it always seems so far away. But as you get older, life, the fact that life could end tomorrow becomes a lot more real. And it becomes something where you say, I want to hold on to Jesus. He is the resurrection and the life. Life in Jesus is what's going to guarantee my resurrection. And I'm sure you'll talk a lot more about that next week. And to God's glory, about how we have the hope of resurrection because of Jesus. John 5, as we page back, Jesus says this. In verses 24... Through 27. He says, Jesus, Jesus talking, he says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. For, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him authority to judge between, because he is the Son of Man. You know, Jesus says again, anybody who hears his word and believes in him has eternal life. Jesus is that word that we talked about at the beginning. That when we think about the, the difficult decisions that sometimes we think we need to make, God's word is there. Jesus' word is there. Jesus is that word. He says here again, if you hear his words and believe him, do we believe him? Do we act as if we believe him all the time? I want to. I, I want that to be who I am. And he says when we have that, we have eternal life. Amen. He says we've crossed over in that choice between life and death, from death to life. We've crossed over when we believe him and take, take to heart what Jesus has to say. So I think as we, as we conclude, the thing is, the most important thing is to remember that God's heart is for us to choose life. Amen. To choose Amen. Jesus. To choose eternal life in Him as we follow Him. Amen? Amen. Amen.